Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories, taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. One afternoon, I was on my way home from Arby's with a mint chocolate shake. Zoned out for a sec and almost didn't notice his car. I tried just letting him through, but he insisted that I go on ahead. Didn't think much of it. Just continued my walk. He drove ahead of me and parked his car near some apartments. He had on a black polo, so I assumed he was just dropping something off for a job or something like that. As I kept walking... He approached me and offered me a $20 bill. I was confused, so I asked why, but couldn't understand what he said in response. I refused the bill since I know it's best for me. I tried to keep walking, but that didn't deter him. He grabbed me by my waist, and I stepped to the side. He began pulling me towards his car. As he tried to place his hand over my face, I bit his hand so he wouldn't silence me and I made sure to scream as loud as possible to try and attract any bystanders I could. He managed to get me into his car, but just before he closed the door, I stuck my foot through it to keep it open. I then threw myself out onto the pavement and made myself go limp since adding any dead weight without warning creates a sudden resistance and makes it harder for them to grasp you. Due to this quick thinking, and I believe this quick thinking alone, I was able to get away unharmed. Once I was dead weight on the pavement, he realized that he wouldn't be able to lift and throw me back into the car. At that moment, he dashed back around to the driver's side of the car as I quickly booked it and got on the phone with my mom once I was at a safe distance. I made sure to stay on the line with her until I got back to our house. After that, I'd taken some time to calm down as I waited for the cops to get to my home so I could make a statement. The officer ended up praising my quick thinking telling me that I'd luckily done everything right in this situation. Please guys, take self-defense seriously. I've only ever had a week-long course, and just that alone had managed to save my life. I don't remember too much from my self-defense course, and only used basic techniques that I had remembered, which was making noise, dropping my weight, and checking behind me. Any other actions I'd taken were a result of logic and quick thinking. Chances are, if I'd gotten more self-defense training, it likely wouldn't have been even as close of a call as it was. Also, while I'm sure this goes without saying, I'm going to say it anyway. If at any time anybody approaches you waving a $20 bill in your face, without a legitimate reason, I think it best if you turn around and head the other direction. While I take the outcome of this very seriously, and I grasp just how lucky I am that this worked out the way that it did, I can't shake the feeling of not knowing what would have happened had he got me all the way in that car. And furthermore, I'm still pissed that I dropped my mint chocolate shake. Alright everybody, buckle in. This is going to be a long one about my creepy uncle who used all kinds of weird technology to spy on anyone he could, including my family and I. 
So my family of five happily welcomed my uncle, who is my mom's brother, into our home as a roommate. A little over ten years ago, maybe a bit longer. We'll call him David for the purpose of this post. David, who was in his mid-forties at the time, was at first kind, hardworking, and to himself for most of the years he spent in our home. He's always been really interested in technology and spyware. If it had a camera or could listen and record, he was definitely interested in it. He was pretty private about his room and computers, and we never invaded his personal space because he never gave us a reason to. As time passed, though, I'd say around year six, we noticed his behavior got a little more introverted and private. He was extremely depressed and paranoid, but refused to address these issues, so we left him alone for the most part. As far as I know, at this point he was deeply involved with chat rooms and external listening devices. He started drinking pretty heavily and would sometimes steal my mother's prescription pills to catch a high. Again, these things were pretty touch and go, and no one in the household really knew how to address his worsening behavior. My dad would occasionally question him and his actions. We didn't allow alcohol in the house because my dad used to struggle with substance abuse himself and has been living sober for quite some time now. Anyway, we gave him an ultimatum. Stop drinking or leave. This worked for some time, but he would just hide from us when he drank, lock himself in his basement room for hours, sometimes even days. We knew he was drinking, though, because at random hours of the day, you could hear anger-fueled screams come from his room or loud techno music that would thump until midnight. The last two years specifically have been really hostile and strange between him and our family. Anytime he would return home, he'd be highly intoxicated and ready for bed. None of us would interfere because it wasn't uncommon to get into an argument with him about his odd behavior and heavy drinking. He became pretty hostile towards myself and my father at that point. He would purchase a lot of strange devices designed for listening or watching, which made us all intensely uneasy and on edge. My father told me once that he came home with these new sunglasses and excitedly told my dad that they're really great for watching people and that he'd spent the whole day at the park lurking on strangers. I don't believe he had any malicious intent towards anyone, but his fascination with spying was honestly unnerving and a huge red flag. We demanded that he leave and seek residence elsewhere. We gave him a deadline and even offered to help him find a new place. He ignored us for weeks and pretty much refused to leave our home. My mother didn't know how to handle the situation, especially because it was her brother. She feels like we've betrayed family or forsaken him. Anyway, it wasn't uncommon to find small, strange devices around the house that were absolutely unexplainable if you've never seen them before. Things like movement tracking devices, infrared cameras, or mics that would record any audio that occurred in the room that it was placed in. He also had control of our Wi-Fi, and I'm positive he had access to our browser search histories or other Wi-Fi-related information in general. If we confronted him about his behavior or asked him to pack up and leave, he would threaten us. I see everything you do. I heard what you said the other night. Although never knowing what kind of information he was trying to blackmail us with, we were all very uncomfortable with the idea of our privacy being breached. Not having anything to hide, though, his threats were pretty hollow and ineffective. My dad wanted to test David, 
and see if he was using devices at our home while he was away from the house. My dad would wait for David to leave in the morning and go to work. My dad would then shut off the Wi-Fi, sometimes even the power breaker to see if he would react while away from the house. Sure enough, David would return to our house immediately and question him. Why is the Wi-Fi off? What happened to the power? My dad would ask him how he knew the Wi-Fi had been off while he was away. Strange behavior, needless to say. Each time my dad did this, he would return to the house immediately to recover the Wi-Fi and all of his devices. If he was home and the Wi-Fi went down, this man would have the ultimate tantrum. Everyone would undergo a serious interrogation and be bombarded with accusations involving the Wi-Fi not working. He began threatening my dad specifically and would show him this weird spyware that he purchased. David would place the device against the wall and he could hear anyone speaking throughout the home. So much as faint whispers could be heard from the device. David wanted us to know that he could hear everything we were doing. It was his scare tactic, in order for him to remain in the house with us. When he continued to refuse to leave our home, after being given a proper eviction notice, we had to seek assistance from the police and the courts to have him legally removed from our home. We also changed all the locks in our home to prevent any unwelcome visits from David. He's been out of our home for nearly six months now, yet we still experience strange things that have us all on the edge of our seats. Strange faint beeps from different areas of the house, unknown Bluetooth devices that are supposedly 10 meters or less away, and wires that run all around the house. I think we're all just paranoid from his consistent spying over the years, but sometimes, I still come across unidentifiable objects around the house. Most of them look inactive and not in use, but I end up smashing them regardless. David tried to insist we keep his Wi-Fi in service after he left, but we had no interest in using his Wi-Fi and immediately removed his router from our home. I discovered that David had climbed through one of our backyard basement windows into the house at some point. I only noticed someone had been in the backyard because of fresh snow which revealed enormous boat-like footprints. The night that the snow fell, no one had been home for hours. My brother had moved out nearly two months before. My mother returned home from work at 3am. My dad returned home around midnight. My sister had been staying at a friend's house for the weekend. And I got home from work at around 7am. I go into the backyard every day to throw the ball for my dog. And when I came across the prints, I immediately felt scared, because no one currently in my house wears such humongous shoes. And after questioning everyone in the home, they all ensured me they had not been in the backyard as of last night. It was obvious that someone, most likely David, had entered our home through the backyard. What for? Well, we still don't know that. We haven't found any changes in our home since his unwelcome entry. We have filed a restraining order against him for safety measures, but to no avail, as he's still spamming my mother with cryptic texts and threats over the phone. We're thankful that David is no longer in our house, but somehow, he's still traumatizing us with his all-seeing eyes. I used to be a process server and I have a lot of interesting stories from that job. I have a couple that really scare me, even to this day. This is one of those stories that got me. 
and this experience helped me confirm that I should always trust my gut. I went to an apartment building to serve someone who lived there. When I was walking up to the building, there was an older man sitting on a bench right by the front door. He had a cane next to him. He was friendly and said hello. I said my hello back. With my guard initially being down, I began to have a small chat with him. I attempted to open the front door, but it ended up being locked. I explained to the man that I'm process serving, so I was attempting to give some papers to someone that lives in the building. He started to go on about how he has a daughter my age and that he wouldn't be comfortable with her being a process server because it's not a safe job. He also said it must be extra unsafe for me because I'm so small. I'm about five foot two, and at the time weighed about 110 pounds. I instantly started to feel like something was off. I also thought that maybe I was being overdramatic, because this is just an older man who obviously has to use a cane to get around. I felt like it was almost rude to be cautious of someone like that. I still had a job to do, and I wasn't going to let this deter me from that. So I asked the man if he was willing to let me into the apartment building. He said he would. It seemed to take him some effort to stand up and walk towards the door with his cane, so I started to feel like I had been overreacting by a little bit. The man opened the door for me, then I walked into the building. I was about to go up the stairs, but the man insisted I take the elevator. I started to feel very uneasy, but for some reason I agreed to take the elevator anyway. I thought the man would leave me alone if I took his suggestion. I started to walk over to the elevator, and he followed. He continued to talk to me, asked me about my job and life. I was trying to be as vague as possible. When I got onto the elevator, the man also got onto the elevator. At this point, I froze because I didn't understand why he had followed me this way. The man was standing closer to the back wall of the elevator, and I was standing nearer to the door. I didn't want to make eye contact with him in that enclosed space, while alone. But I was watching him in the reflection of the shiny metal door. I asked him why he got on the elevator with me. He said that he was, quote, watching out for me. When the man said this, I could clearly see that his head was facing me, and it moved down starting at the floor where my feet were, and it moved up slowly like he was looking at my body from bottom to top. I started to feel claustrophobic, and then I needed to get off the elevator right then. The elevator door opened and I practically jumped out. I told the man that he needed to stay there because I wanted to respect the privacy of the person I was serving papers to. I then wished the man a nice day, because I felt like that was what I needed to say at the time to end the conversation, without him trying to pick it back up. The man simply nodded at me. I got off the elevator and began walking down the hallway, looking for the apartment number that's listed on the documents in my hands. I continue walking when I feel the sensation like I'm being watched, but I don't turn around. If I'm being honest... I'm too afraid that I'll see the man standing there. I ended up having to walk around the corner and further down the hallway. The feeling of being watched goes away. I know it's because now there's a wall between me and whoever's eyes I could feel were watching my back. I get to the right apartment and knock on the door. No answer. I knock again, but this time much louder. After waiting about 30 seconds, I give the door four sturdy knocks before patiently waiting. I couldn't hear anyone inside the apartment. No TV, no pets, no microwave running. Just nothing. 
I fully believe the person isn't home. I accept defeat. I'm a little annoyed that I went through all of this just to arrive at this person's apartment and find that they're not even home. I start to walk back the way I came from. When I turn around the corner of the hallway, what comes into view makes my stomach sink. The man is still standing there. One hand on his cane, one hand hovering in front of the elevator button. I keep walking while a bunch of different thoughts are running through my mind. When I start to approach the elevator, the man asks, How'd it go? I answered simply, They weren't home. The man says, I've been waiting for you here. There was something about how the man said this. I knew that I shouldn't get on the elevator with him again. I basically did a drive-by and started a fast walk past him. I told him that I was in a hurry and that I had to take the stairs. I didn't wait for him to reply, and I continued to move quickly past the elevator and towards the staircase. Once I reached the stairs, I'm not sure why, but I started running down them. Once I got down one case of stairs, I heard a loud, Wait! I looked back once, and I could see the man up on top of the staircase, carrying his cane, as he began to run down the stairs after me. He wasn't using his cane at all to descend down the stairs, and he was moving way faster than he had previously. I turned away and ran as fast as I could down the stairs without falling. I started to jump down two stairs at a time. I knew that he was close behind me because I could hear his loud feet as he was running down behind me. I reached the bottom of the stairs and almost ran into another resident of the building. I apologized quickly and then felt panic when I realized the man was probably right behind me. I looked behind me once more, and he was now using his cane again to get down the last few steps. I looked back at the other building resident, and they had a puzzled look on their face. I mumbled, have a great day, and booked it out of the apartment straight to my car. I didn't check to see if the man was following me, but something in my gut told me that that other resident being present had helped me. When I reached my car, I practically jumped into it slammed the car door and hit lock right away. I started my car and pulled out of the lot quickly. The parking lot required me to drive past the front door of the apartment building. I looked over to see if there was any sign of that man, and there he was. He had stepped outside the front door and was just standing there, leaning on his cane and smiling at me as I drove by. He then gave me a slow wave. I don't know why, but I gave a tight-lipped smile. I still felt like I had to be nice even though something obviously really messed up had just happened. But at least I was locked in my car, driving away, and he had zero way of catching up to me this time. <laughs>